Chapter 12 of A Game of Chance by a Self-Made Man This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 12 Repairing the Dam at the Mouth of the Swamp Lot For the next day or two, while the first and second stories of the factory were being cleaned up and put into shape for the resumption of work in those departments of the building, Will had nothing to do in the engine room of the Northport Cotton Mills so he took advantage of the opportunity to repair the dam at the swamp lot. He did not do this all by himself, but induced a particular friend named Sam Travis to give him a helping hand. They took a number of substantial boards and the necessary tools and went out to the gruesome spot. The water was running freely through the opening Will had made after he had completed his self-imposed job of distributing the heavy stones over the frozen surface of the bog. "'So you think you'll have a nice privilege for sale this winter, do you, Will?' said Sam Travis, with an incredulous grin. "'It's possible I may,' replied Will tersely. ejaculated his companion. "'Old Rickson tried the experiment last winter, and he got badly roasted. I didn't think you was such a chump as to tackle the same scheme.' "'Well, Sam, we can't all be wise in this world, you know,' replied Will with a cheerful laugh. "'Perhaps I'm only doing this for fun, just to put in my time, you know.' "'Yes, you are like fun,' grinned Travis. "'I see you doing such a thing. "'No, you mean business, all right. "'But hang me if I don't give you credit for more brains.' "'Thanks, Sam, for the compliment,' said Will with an almost good nature. "'You're welcome. "'Well, now since you've had your little say, suppose you get busy. "'Hand me one of those boards. "'You stand here and hold your end till I get it straight, "'and then drive a half a dozen of those nails to hold it in place.' "'All right, old man. Only it's an awful waste of good lumber, nails, and energy.' "'You'll let me be the judge of that, Sam. Sure, it's your funeral, not mine. "'If you don't watch where you're putting your feet, it may be your funeral, first thing you know,' said Will with a grin, as one of Sam's legs slipped and went down into the ooze in a very unpleasant manner. "'Thanks for the warning, old chappie. "'But I'm not taking a mud bath today,' snickered Sam with a rueful look at the bottom of his trousers leg. Mud baths, they say, are good for rheumatism. Then old Rickson ought to come over here and take a course of treatment. He's had all he wants to do with this place, I guess, chuckled Will. There'll be others in the sweet by-and-by, too, snickered Sam. You're a Job's comforter, Sam. Think so? You know what the immortal Shakespeare said, don't you? He said, or rather he wrote, a good many bright things. What particular one do you refer to? Asked Will, beginning to nail the end of a plank. "'Suffering Jew sharps!' howled Sam as the business end of the hammer came in sudden contact with his thumb as he started to drive in his second nail. "'That's what he said, was it?' said Will, laughing slyly. "'What are you laughing at? Think it's funny, don't you?' in an aggravated tone of voice. "'Hang the old thing! Why couldn't it go in straight?' sucking at his injured digit. "'You should have taken aim at the head of the nail, not at your thumb.' "'Oh, bag your head, will you?' growled Sam with pretended indignation. "'How about what Shakespeare said?' persisted Will after driving home his last nail. "'That whack knocked it all out of my head,' he said as he also finished nailing up his end. "'One other board?' "'Yes.' "'All right, here you are,' and he pushed over the end of the second board. "'Did you hear what happened to Stubbins when he was up to Boston?' "'No. What happened to him?' asked Will curiously. He attended an Adams Express Company sale and bid in a box labeled Dry Goods. What do you suppose he found in it? 
A bundle of calico, I guess, or something of that sort. Not on your life. He found six pound volumes of the congressional record, snickered Sam. That isn't so bad for you, Sam, but I wouldn't do it again if I were you. Can't help it. Runs in our family. Dad and I were talking politics the other night, and I asked him what a political ring was made of, and he said, steel. Wouldn't that jar you? <laughs> Have another board? Grinned Sam. Pass it along. By the way, Will, said Sam after a few minutes of silence, I heard today that the selectmen were going to give you a medal for your heroic conduct at the factory fire and saving the lives of Tessie Rickson and Jesse Fairweather. Nonsense. It's a fact, and the only committeeman who voted against the proposition was Squire Jarvis. He still claims it was you who broke into his office to get a hold of a certain promissory note that he had presented to your mother for payment. Nobody takes any stock in that, though. Constable Brady is on a still hunt after Ed Rickson, all right. And if he catches him, I guess there will be something doing. Will rather objected to a public acknowledgment of his noteworthy action at the factory fire, with the natural modesty of the true hero. But nevertheless, he could not but feel flattered at the honor which his townsmen proposed to confer on him. Both Jesse and her mother had thanked him with such feeling and earnestness that there could be no doubt of their gratitude for the service he had rendered them. He felt this expression on their part amply repaid him for whatever risk he had run in Miss Fairweather's behalf. As for Tessie Rickson, she had made a special visit at the summer's cottage to tell Will and his mother how much she appreciated his conduct on that thrilling occasion, when, as she glowingly expressed it, her life hung on a hair. Before she tore herself away with evident reluctance, she had used up all the adjectives of her limited vocabulary. Well, said Will, after he and the sturdy Sam had worked for more than an hour on the dam, I guess that'll do. Very little water to get through here now. In a week, I shall begin to get some idea how things are going to pan out. You mean that in a week you're going to discover what a chump you are, grinned his companion. All right, have it your own way, returned the hopeful young inventor. And you really do expect to make a pond here, said Sam incredulously. That's what I hope to accomplish. You'll have a pond, all right, but the water will be out of sight. That's just where we differ. I'm looking for it to show on top. That's what Rickson looked for, but it didn't do him any good. If the water pushed that grass up once, it's going to do it again. Sure of that, are you? Of course I am. It stands a reason that it will. If you wanted to find out the depth of that old dry well in your backyard without going down into it, how would you proceed? That's simple. I drop a stone down and count the seconds that elapsed until it struck bottom, said Sam, pleased to display his knowledge of natural philosophy. I'd tie a string to the stone and measure the string afterward, said Will. That shows you we look at the same thing from a different point of view. Ha! <laughs> Any fool could measure a well that way, said Sam contemptuously. I've just taken as simple a way to make a pond here. The only difference between the two is that this is a game of chance. Oh, you haven't the least chance in the world, replied Sam. Then they gathered up their tools and left the spot. End of chapter 12